Hello everybody, welcome back to Inside Voice with Martha's Mind. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Oh, I feel like every time I go to sit down and speak on the microphone, I instantly forget everything I want to talk about. Um, sometimes I feel like talking about mental health, it's, it's hard to really talk about it on one day, on one hour, and try and get every single point of view across try to understand every single different people's point of view and different people's angles and also I feel like with mental health it's completely personal dependent (laughs) it's also completely day dependent and it's even about the particular mental health condition as well so I feel like in today's topic I'm completely talking about this on a in a headspace of I know people you know I have a circle of people um, who talk to me, I talk to them. And there's obviously people on the peripheral who I don't talk to, I don't know, but are categorized in the same bubble as myself or as people that I know. And who am I to judge one person's opinion, experience with mental health? I'm not, absolutely not. And I also am very aware of the fact that, you know, I'm just a random person who has experienced what they've experienced, but it is not professional therapy talk. These are just someone's ideas. And it was a really interesting idea and debate and topic to bring up. So I've named the title of this episode, How Helpful Is Self-Diagnosis? This topic actually came up to me a few weeks ago with a friend um, who we often send each other messages just back and forth and they, a long time ago, um, a few years ago, they suspected that they had ADHD and they really, really, really suspected it. And they had all the symptoms, they held all the, you know, the, the criteria that was met. And then they went to go and see a professional and they also got that like, diagnosed. And then for years they've been, you know, trying to understand not just their diagnosis, but also trying to actually understand what it means to have ADHD now that they've been diagnosed by a professional. This obviously happened to them a few years ago, you know, in their early adulthood. And for them, I think they found the diagnosis somewhat helpful, but equally they've felt trapped having this label now of everything that they do is now labeled as ADHD. That can have certain benefits. That can also be really trapping in a sense because everything that you do, is it always down to that mental health condition? As I was growing up, I was taught a lot of things about my autism because I grew up with it. You know, it was never knew a time when I didn't know I had it. That wasn't an existence for me. I was Martha with autism. Um, And so I wasn't self-diagnosed. I was diagnosed from the age of three. So I almost didn't really have a chance to kind of figure out, okay, who am I without a label? I've always had a label and... I know for some people, labels are critical. They are vital. They help gain perspective on who you are. And that is always going to be valuable. Having said that, for some people, labels have meant that they are so defined by a particular category, a certain type, a stereotype even, that it's not been that helpful. It's made them feel like they're trapped in this box and it makes them feel like every time that they meet someone new, if they act a bit differently, they feel like they have to 
quickly tell that person, oh my God, I'm this, I'm this, by the way. Oh, I have this, I have this, that, that explains this. I also don't know whether that's always really helpful to tell people from the moment you meet them, oh, by the way, I have this. It can make people feel comfortable because that means that that other person they're speaking to can already hopefully have some empathy or sympathy and understand the way you do. So there doesn't have to be like any kind of like, oh, that person did that weird thing. I don't know why. If you already tell that person, then there's no hiding, then there's no pretending. You just say who you are and that's that. I haven't always done that, actually. I've kind of kept my label of autism quite quiet. And when I felt like it was appropriate, I would say. But equally, I know throughout the years of knowing who I was, I didn't need to tell anybody. I knew who I was. And I was semi-comfortable with it because I think in a way, when you're always told, Martha, you're this, Martha, you're this, Martha, you're this, I in a way just assume other people know that. And again, I think that's actually my autistic brain thinking that if I know it, other people know it, which isn't true. And I've learned that actually, (laughs) you know, when I was in my teenager years, I had to be told, Martha, just because you know something doesn't mean everyone else does. And you have to say because they're not in your head. And I was like, oh, that kind of does make sense. But I just thought everybody knew. I thought everybody knew I was autistic. (laughs) But they didn't, and that's fine. And then I know for some people it's like, oh, I don't want to tell that person that I've got ADHD or or I've got, you know, OCD or I've got whatever. And I get that because, you know, some people are judgmental. Some people are. Some people are. They just don't get it. They don't have to force people to get it. They just don't get it. But I guess when it comes to this topic around self-diagnosis, there is, of course, at the moment, a lot of people who are experiencing mental health symptoms and are thinking, hmm, this feels a little bit unmanageable. I think I could do a bit of research into why I feel like the way I do. Now, sometimes I think when we jump into looking at our behaviour, we you know, it's so easy with Google, you just type in your things you're thinking or the things that you're doing, and it'll come up with the keywords in so many bunch of texts. I could just type in the word, for instance, lumps, and I'd find things from talking about lumps in your porridge, and then lumps in your skin, (laughs) and then cancer, and then this, and then that, and you're thinking, okay, well, I know I'm not talking about lumps in my porridge, because I like lumps and bumps in my porridge, So I'm talking about lumps and bumps in another category. So then I just sort of think like Google takes those keywords that you say, scrambles it up and just regurgitates probably the most looked at pieces of research or searched up words that will probably interest you. But does that apply to you? And I don't know. I don't know. It's just kind of like that thing where I don't think many people put into Google I've got abandonment attachment issues and this is stemming from the fact that I was left from you know a young age the people don't put that into Google and expect to get like you know a CBT session found on Google you know you go to therapy to understand your thoughts and your behaviors but for some people I think they do jump a bit maybe too quick into looking at websites about certain symptoms and just think oh yeah I found this article about one thing and there it is Now, I'm not saying everybody does that. I'm sure a lot of people, if they're really struggling with their own mental health, 
you're going to take that seriously. You're going to do your research. And hopefully you do also talk to people as well. I think with self-diagnosis is, the great thing is you're looking at your behavior critically. You're trying to understand yourself. And now I think I think that's important. I can't honestly say why would that be a bad thing that people are trying to understand themselves. That's great. We should have more people trying to do that. I think that's wonderful because the more we learn about ourselves, hopefully the more that we have acceptance around it and then we form better connections and we form a better quality of life with the people that we're surrounded by. That's always going to be something that people want. And I like the fact that we do take looking at ourselves a bit more seriously, especially like in the years coming up now, we're we're just better at maybe establishing that, oh, there are things that I do that aren't making me feel good and I do want to address it. That's the kind of self-care that we should think about more often. What's the behaviours that we do that I don't like, that I would like to kind of, you know, take ownership of and, and kind of readdress if I can and I have the capabilities to that's a really positive mindset that's really taking into account that I have control and I can do something about it. Self-diagnosis also though doesn't and can't be unbiased because the thing is I guess when you go and get diagnosed by somebody else is they can hopefully try and understand the behavior you're doing but also try and understand the context that you do it in And maybe they can also see something that maybe you don't see yourself. Because ultimately, when you're trying to find a problem, you're going to be biased to find every single, you know, problem that is related to that issue. Autism, I think there's a level of anxiety that is healthy. And then there's a level of anxiety with autistic people that unless it gets addressed in a certain type of way, it will not be calmed. Unless you talk to somebody about that particular kind of triggering moment with your anxiety, they'll be able to tell you, okay, listen, that is healthy or that is something that needs to be addressed a little bit differently. Now, again, I'm just somebody who, you know, I don't think there's lots of issues with self-diagnosing. But I also think if we get every single person self-diagnosing, what's the point of professionals? And I think professionals are the gold standard of how we should be diagnosed. Now, I guess I say that because I do have trust and faith in psychiatry and people that study this and people that you know have a level of expertise way beyond myself but then again on the flip side who knows yourself better than you and you're the one who it's the diagnosis is for you so there's always that thing as well (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly trying to be like devil's advocate and then also being like yeah but I see it from the other point of view and that's also really funny because I do see grey And almost sometimes I would question now the diagnosis of my autism because I think in a way it is so different than what I think autistic is portrayed as and what autistic needs to be to hit a criteria. You know, my autism now I feel doesn't even match that sometimes. So if I was to go to a professional now, would they even diagnose me as autistic? I don't know. Maybe they'd said have traits of it. Maybe they'd say, oh, you do have some... Now, of course, every single mental health, you know, condition 
is a spectrum. I know you've got the autism spectrum, so we always think of a spectrum for autistic people, but ADHD is also a spectrum of different kinds of way that your brain is hyper you know attention or hyperactive or is it you know uh, faster working or even OCD there's so many different kinds of OCD manifestations you could still call it a spectrum so every single mental health is a spectrum so again is it really fair to say that there should be a criteria that you have to go to see a professional to hit because why can't aspects and traits of a mental health condition be classed as that mental health condition you know how you know do you have to reach four out of five to be then considered you know enough of a condition and I say that in quotation marks sorry I don't know it's again it's a really fascinating topic and I'm not even here to really say if I have a particular opinion or thought or you know outcome on it but it definitely got me thinking I feel like one positive thing from self-diagnosis is the more people that do you know truly believe that they are they do suffer with a mental health condition the more people that speak about it the more different um ways that we can look at people and mental health looks different on everybody and I don't know about yourself but for me when I see someone or when I when you know I find somebody online and they say I've got autism and then you know I follow them around for a bit on social media and do all the stalking and I see how their autism is and how they portray it and it's so different to mine for me that's just reassuring it's another person in the community that completely gets it but also dresses the mental health condition in a completely different outfit and I need that as somebody who you know is already you know very comfortable with the mental health that they have and understands the way that they are it's still always so reassuring when I see somebody wear what they have so confidently and this is the thing it's mental health is always going to have to be that outwardly projection that you put on the world and that's the thing that you have to perform because you can't just really physically show a mental health condition you can't wear a band-aid on your head you can't you know wear some yellow trousers when you're feeling sad and be like yeah today's that bad mental health day I've got my yellow trousers on I think the only thing that kind of really helped a lot of people understood you know mental health does look different on everyone is when you had those sunflower lanyards and I think that really painted a picture for me of like wow there's a lot of people that have something going on but they but everybody looks so different everybody walks the same you know somebody who is you know you've got five people wearing sunflower lanyards they all walk the same nobody's hobbling you know you haven't ever got that physical look of a mental health condition that's why self-diagnosing is important because you could know somebody who has something and you could think you have it but then you might think oh but this person has it but I don't have it like them so does that mean I'm not that and it it would always get yourself questioning yourself and I think I mean as I said earlier the last thing you want to do is not really understand yourself it's really important to I had somebody actually message me um, a few weeks ago and this person knows I'm autistic so they were like well I'm gonna ask Martha because she is it and they said my sister is 
definitely on the autistic spectrum like we, we we've just always assumed it but she isn't sure about going to get diagnosed by a professional you know would you say is it worth getting diagnosed and firstly it was very flattering to be asked because you know I sometimes feel a little bit guilty I've always known I didn't have a choice in the matter you know whether I was you know I was never asked Martha do you think you act a certain way because you might be like this do you want to go and get tested I was never asked this in a way maybe not having the choice has always hindered me because it meant I was given a label maybe I wasn't ready to have a label maybe I didn't need a label you know some people just go through life just being called quirky and different and you don't really suspect that they have anything it's just them you just accept that person for them and you just label them as their name and that's as far as it needs to go you know but my you know mom and dad for whatever reason they just thought no she acts just a little bit too different that we should go and get someone to just see if if she's okay if this behavior is okay but I said to my friend I said listen there's so as I said there's so many good things about having a label to you this label isn't all of you this is one ring on your finger you have so many other different rings that you can wear this is just one of them It doesn't have to be the most significant label. It doesn't even have to be a label that you tell anybody if you don't want to. But there is something so important about getting help when you feel like you are struggling with your mental health. And unfortunately, in society, we deem as getting a professional label as you then get first priority of help because somebody externally has said we've we've examined you we say you're too we say that you're ill enough basically that you actually need help because someone else has said that you do so we trust them more than we trust you if you were just self-diagnosing again is that the right way that we should do it in society I mean how on earth are we meant to prioritize people getting help first the ones that are self-diagnosing early on because they think actually I know that these behaviors aren't right and I can't manage it versus the people that actually they don't really know what to do so they're just going to wait until they go and see somebody to tell them that yeah actually this isn't right for you or, or the way you think isn't you know most helpful I don't know but there does have to be somewhat a bit of a priority system in place because uh, systems are unfortunately set up like that and there's no right or wrong well there's no right way to get it done it's tricky I just don't want to say that there is a priority but there is a priority I also think as well so my friend who asked me about her sister the thing is with autism is there there isn't like any medication you can take it's not like you can take medication and then it will like calm your thoughts your thoughts are your thoughts they're actually very it's actually really nice to be like well this is just how I am I don't need to manage well I don't need to control it by medication because I have systems in my head that are forcing chemicals faster than my feelings and how my body should work so in one regard being autistic is quite good like that because the only support you kind of need is maybe just talking to other people maybe it's getting a little bit of therapy a little bit of cbt maybe 
being part of community groups that also feel the same as you. Maybe if it's school and you're early in school, you will get a lot of support, you know, with your education when you're autistic. Like I'm talking big amounts of support. I was seen, you know, in first school a lot by an outreach team that would come and see my development, making sure I was getting, you know, developed in a, in a fast enough way approach um I was also given so much equipment I was given like laptops I was given like you know dyslexic sort of color filters for the boards and things yeah I was given also so many thoughts and feelings and emotions homework as well like I remember just almost having so like inundated with basically how to regulate emotions how do I feel about these things and I think in a way like autistic people struggle to actually have an emotion and then label the emotion like I feel like this but I have no idea what that feeling is called or how to describe it to others for them to be able to understand how I feel so I was getting given a lot of that sort of emotional homework as well so basically my family could understand what the hell I was feeling So yeah, like in terms of education, you know, being diagnosed is actually like a blessing because you do, again, get given a lot of priority. Um, As an adult, you know, if you get get diagnosed as ADHD in your 30s, I hate to say this, but who comes and helps you? You can get medication. You can get prescribed some medication that could help. You could get sort of better help in terms of looking for a therapist who might be able to help you Um, again because if you go to a therapist and you say okay I suffer with x y and z therapy often works sometimes when you know what you're going in with and what your problems are so for example you know when I look for a therapist if I say to them oh I do have autism that therapist knows exactly then how to not just talk to me about my issues outside of autism, but also understands that my problems are probably related to autism. So again, that's quite helpful in that sense because you're already going in being like, this is who I am, these are my problems, this is how you need to talk to me because this is how I'm going to react. And again, same with your ADHD. If you are struggling with your ADHD and you want to go and see a therapist and you're sitting there and they're not and you're like, you know, drifting away or you're just like losing concentration and the therapist thinks, you know, God, wow, this is person's rude. If they already know that you're like that, again, you can just find yourself a better matched person. So coming back to what I think should be the most important thing about this is self-diagnosis is all about how much does it help you understand you. And if doing a self-diagnosis means that you can skip the cues because ultimately that's what what self-diagnosing is all about is because we are inundated with people trying to get help with their mental health that unfortunately you have to take it into your own hands because you need help ASAP and again how much does it really help for somebody to tell you something that you've already suspected for two years because again that's how long the waiting list is so this isn't going to end with like yes you should self-diagnose because you need to get help now and you can't wait two years to go and see somebody to to test you having said that with everybody self-diagnosing it does kind of worry a bit that well if you can just self-diagnose yourself has everybody got issues and part of me thinks honestly yeah (laughs) like I'm not saying everybody's got mental health conditions but everybody's got mental health because everybody has a brain. So it's like saying everybody has physical health. Everybody has physical health because everybody's got a vessel 
of a body everybody's got mental health because everybody's got a brain that is living in this society and the way that society is right now is that it is it's a breeding ground for mental health problems because this brain cannot function the way that society is working for us so that's ultimately why self-diagnosing is going up probably and also we are a lot more aware of the issues that happens with mental health anyway so why shouldn't we have more people that have a label because if it makes them understand themselves better who are we to say no you can't self-diagnose you know you better than anyone else do research and also really branch out to the kind of places you get your research from self-diagnosis it's not the full label you could definitely have parts of something you know I know so many people that are like oh I've got OCD autism ADHD and the reason that they have all these different labels is probably because they have aspects and qualities of these different mental health conditions but it's not all too consuming that everything about them is about OCD, autism, you know, depression, anxiety. It's not, it's not, it's not. It's just like you can have traits and you can have moments. And and again, is that then considered a mental health condition? Having moments of it? Well, I would say you're susceptible. And, you know, again, if we're going to relate it to like a condition like cancer... If your family was susceptible to cancerous cells, does that mean you have cancer in the moment? No, but that means you could develop it and it's something then you kind of want to check in with yourself a lot. Same, I guess, with mental health. If you've got a family history of depression and you get sad and have depressive episodes... Does that make you a someone depressed? You could self-diagnose it. And if that, if by having that label means that you stay on top of it and you, again, check in with yourself and be like, okay, you know, is this just a bad day or is this, is this depression? That might help you. This is just a topic I wanted to talk about. I've got no real conclusion. I have no real... I have opinions, but both of the opinions are very much for both sides with mental health as I said at the very start who am I to judge who am I to say your feelings are wrong I just sort of think it's a shame that we do have to self-diagnose but we do it because honestly waiting times are just blooming ridiculous aren't they they're just blooming ridiculous right self-reflection question time I love how that changes every single week. Ooh. Okay. I like this question. What's my favorite song at the moment? Why do I love it so much? I love this song. I've loved this song for like a really long time. Uh, My best friend Hugh played it. Oh my God. When did he play it? He played it years ago. Um, It's called, oh my God, what's it called? Stay. It's called Stay With You, aka 75, I think. And it's by Lemon Jelly. And I love it because it ultimately mixes a really nice disco-y foundation mixed with like a nice housey beat. Oh my God, I sound like such a such a person who's like into music, but I'm not. <laughs> I do like my music. I ultimately love it because it 
boosts, generally boosts my mood whenever I hear it. And I can listen to it in many different fashions. I can generally listen to it when I'm sad. And I really can listen to it when I'm happy on a run. And there's not many songs that I can listen to in the most extreme circumstances. Usually I like to keep my happy music for my happy and my sad music for my sad. Um, So the fact that this can be, you know, both ends, I just love that. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this more debatier topic. Um, It's always really nice to just to talk about mental health in terms of the broader sense um, and how it does affect us in society, Um, especially something so... I don't want to say popular because that makes it sound like it's trendy but self-diagnosis is happening more and more now and it's honestly because of a bit more of a broken society so it's not because we're doing it out of trying to be cool and fashionable and like let's say I have ADHD because you know yeah 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 um I think people are doing it honestly out of like desperation of trust trying to figure out what they need to know about the condition itself so yeah I've really enjoyed this and it's been great for my head as well I've really had to think about things which is good um I hope I see you in the next episode and thanks for listening bye